Welcome back. You're listening to another episode of The Todd Donald Show, a weekly podcast where artists and performers go to chat about nothing. Hosted by Canadian singer-songwriter Todd Donald. This week's guest is the amazing, very true artist and interesting person, so great to talk to, Vienna Debano Hall. I met her at Queen Street Commons in 2015, I believe, while performing at an art show open mic. Uh, They were protesting the Vietnam War. Just kidding. Anyway, here to chat about the art of art and her upcoming 2019 releases, Vienna Demano Hall. So I didn't get a chance to make sure that the the listener of the videos could like hear your your wonderful singing voice properly. I mean for the audience to hear very vivid and beautiful songwriting as well as your voice and the 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 way you perform, which is it's it's all sorts of things that I won't try to make sense of. <laughs> Nor uh, I, nor I. <laughs> it's it's sexy and badass without saying I'm trying to look like I'm I'm trying to for my voice to sound sexy. Right. It's it's just I wouldn't know how to do that. <laughs> yeah. And I don't necessarily mean like what a football player thinks of as sexy. I'm talking about how how rebel something is is sexy. Right. I try to use that word because I, I think a lot of people get lost on trying to sell. Yeah. As opposed to making what they want. Yeah. So, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me again. It's really nice to see you again. Uh, that was a horrible intro. But no, it was great. <laughs> no, stop. I wasn't fishing. I kind of was. I caught a fishy. I know. Um, I remember you. <laughs> so, your singing style. Did, when you started out, Yeah. I believe that we all start uh, hacky in a way. Like, when we, when we first start singing and trying to express ourselves, we can't help it. It's a, subconsciously everything that we've really loved or that set us free sort of seeps into how we initially start. For me, it was um, sounding like Rivers Como from okay. Weezer awesome. until I found my own voice. And what would the listener not might not know sure. about how when you started? Well, I started so late. Like I never, I, like I sang, I think in a choir when I was young, but it was like nerdy and, and a non-thing in a child's voice. And then I never sang until I was 22 or 23 years old. And so I was totally on that path. I was like, I, it was, it's not even like you feel like you have to imitate. It's like you have to imitate to learn. You know yeah. what I mean? You have to figure out the contours of your own voice. And for me, I don't feel like I have like this normal classically whatever voice and it's not a trained voice um really it's just kind of like I just try my best to it I'm all about the words and if my voice can help underline those words that's cool with me so I I just try and be humble within my my voice box abilities um and do that so when I think about my singing influences it's kind of funny I've got two polarities one is Leonard Cohen which you wouldn't think about as as a you know as a singer but what he does with his voice gets those words yeah. across in a very uh, specific way and then of course I have this uh, huge influence um, her name is Laura Marling and she's an English songstress Amazing. and yeah. I love her and her voice is incredible and I think there was a there's a little bit of I got a little bit from her she does a little bit of a talky thing which she gets from Joni Mitchell you know it's we all pass down the tradition right. so I guess those two, um, but yeah, Laura Marling and, and Leonard Cohen and some odd mixture is kind of where I started imitating and finding through that what I can do. For quotes, my, my uh, compendium is kind of limited to classic rock interviews, mm-hmm. but Roger Daltrey said that like 
I mean, he hates his singing voice. Mm-hmm. I find it sexy, but sure. <laughs> um, the way he genuflects his 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 art form of how he sings is a combination of singing and dramatizing. Right. If if he feels that the the listener believes what he's saying, mm-hmm. what Pete Townsend writes, mm-hmm. then that's how he f- that's how what what he goes for more than trying to hit the perfect note. Exactly. And I come from an acting background, so I can't help but kind of like get into this character. And sometimes it's like. Sometimes when you're in this character of like pissed off song, you start spitting at the, at the thing. Yeah. And sometimes when it's like this love song, you start like getting in this way and your voice changes based on that sort of yeah. method, emotional uh, click, you know, mm-hmm. it's just kind of an odd thing. So I, I consider myself a non-singer singer, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't know. I suppose the maturity of how, how we find our voices is just, you know, it's the same as life. We become more like ourselves. Can't help it. Yeah. Yeah. Malcolm X said that. That's my guess. Or someone else. I don't know. <laughs> someone someone great said that sure. and I'm I'm stealing it. Good. Um so okay, so you you are uh as you told me releasing something something new Red Light Temple came out in 2015 or 16. 2016, did it? Yes, 2016 it came out. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and we've been doing I've been doing that for about 2 years now just a lot in Canada, actually. We did a lot of stuff in Canada. A little bit in the UK, which have had some success over there. Not so much in America with this album, actually. Um, and now this one's coming to a close. I've been sitting on this new album for a little while, and we're going to release it this winter. So I'm really excited. It's called um, Long Stay Hotel. And uh, yeah, I'm going to play some songs from that one uh, at the end. Nice. Yeah. I think I think I saw something. I think that was like the... Um, I don't know, the thing, the post that bore me reaching out to you again and, and saying, come back and, and chat on the show again. What's the um, the journey from that to this one? What's the difference? Yeah, What's the, huge uh, difference. There's a little bit of like continuity with some of the Sonic stuff. I mean, with Red Light Temple, it was a concept album. And so it was this sort of, the concept was the pull in between the goodness, the temple of one within and the red light district, the sort of like yeah. badness, right? And coming to terms with those things. So a lot of the, the that sort of electric um, kind of synthy sound that you get was this sort of battle, this kind of electric battle. Right. And then as we move to Long Stay Hotel, there's, a, as I said, a couple of threads that you know where you are and there's even some threads from it's what the dog saw kind of dirt road country kind of thing but with this it's it's funny that you should say sexy like this is much more sexy it's it's more vulnerable there's more space there's more moments in between the notes there's more confidence it's uh softer in some in some moments uh more vulnerable but it does have uh sonically some continuity but you know this is kind of verging on a more I would almost say Lana Del Rey kind of production in regards to like like lush strings. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I would say is the, the is the sort of motif for Long Stay Hotel. That's that's exciting for me, by the way. I I like that I get to uh, to to press record on these performances before the album's even out, and I'm I'm excited to to be introduced to this material like in the near future. Um, is, is there in your mind sort of like a linear trajectory to your, um, creative journey, like looking forward and back? Yeah. 
you talk now. Sure. Yeah. No, no, I, I completely understand what you're saying. So like after it's what the dog saw or after red light temple, I, there was a moment of like blank slate where you're like, I've poured out everything. I have no idea what's coming next. This is crazy. After this one, this one is, I've been, this album has been finished for almost a year now. So I've had a year to formulate new thoughts. So there always is that period of like, I, you, I think one would hope that after you complete any kind of art form, you are emptied. You don't have anything yeah. left. There's no more, right? Because you want to give it all to this thing. But um, because I've had this time, I have formulated um, some new thoughts. But as things, as they go from, from album to album or whatever art form, uh, it's for me, I'm, I'm much more interested in like the truth. I don't really care about keeping it constant with the last album. I don't have like pressure. I don't have industry pressures yeah. telling me you have to write hits that sound like last album. Cause that's what's sold. I'm yeah. doing this because I want to do it for this sort of like truth capital T reason. Yeah. So yeah, it, yeah. it automatically becomes authentic to where I am or what I'm thinking about. I try sonically to change it up cause I get bored and I, I don't think anyone wants to hear the same thing regurgitated. Absolutely. But, but common themes, as you said, as we as we sort of open with, you can't help but be you. So you start seeing your own genre, your own brand, like I cringe at the word brand, but you know what I mean? Your own community. community come out of what you do. And there's this there's there are threads and sinews throughout yeah. that you can't help because you are who you are. Yeah. You know, as a listener myself, mm-hmm. I do love when someone is uh for lack of something more beautiful, making what they want to make. Right. That being truth. That being uh, not not aware of having any appeal. Right. <laughs> and that being the appeal to me. Okay, That's d- just more yapping by me. No, I dig it. I dig it. Flaws, flaws is strengths. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's been your experience uh, with sexism? in the world as a, either a performer or just as a, a woman uh, being out in public? Sure. Um, well, that's a very big question. I think, I think for me personally... Start with day one. I'm kidding. I'm I will. Kidding. I will. No, I mean, for, for my performances at least, like I made a very active decision to uh, dress and present myself in a very androgynous kind of way. Um, not even necessarily to make some like social like rebellion or 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 not use sex to sell or whatever yeah. it wasn't even that was not the first thought it was it's mostly because for me I don't want anything taking away from the work you know what I mean and even if it sells the work or even if it's not something to hide I don't think being sexual is necessarily a bad thing it's just for me like I wanted so badly for the message to come across yeah uh, and I don't see myself as a performer quote-unquote so I wouldn't even know what to do with that role. You know what I mean? Yeah. So for me, just kind of as much as I can, trying to merge into the song myself, my body is the same as the word, is the same as the thing, so that all you're getting is what I intend. Yeah. That was my kind of goal. So I, I don't think I was having as many problems as I might have had if I hadn't made that active decision. Um, and, you know, my music is kind of like... I don't know. I don't really get people coming up and like hitting on me or whatever. They're kind of just like, you're super cool. Or like, yeah. or like that was a, that's super weird guitar playing. Like, is that open tuning? People are more just like nerdy and interested in it. And I think it's because the work isn't necessarily, you know, sex driven and the, the presentation isn't. So I don't, so I think people are like, are you a boy or are you a girl? What's up? <laughs> you know, you know, and there's, there's an androgyny behind yeah. the message, I guess. I think. Well, the, I mean, there's the, the ongoing conversation that 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 i love to have be uh, about how you know how much of 
maleness or femaleness is the artificial sure is the artifice um like how 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 much is is black a different race to white exactly I mean, genetically really is yeah. it different i mean yeah and what i'm i'm going around the world on my own with no support to different countries and and hustling my huge guitar which is really heavy and getting these like massive biceps by doing it like am i acting in a in a masculine role or are we all just like do we all have that within us and that's just stuff that we need to peel off you know right. what I mean I never felt unsafe as if, if that's what you're asking and I certainly don't think it has impeded or given me extra uh, opportunity I think it's been pretty neutral right at least that's how I think of it I don't know when you when you hit on uh, there being truth in your music and stuff like that like I I um we might not talk again for another couple of years but I I consider you a friend in the sense that like hey we we, we seem to get each other mm-hmm. yeah and I, I, it's hard. I'm hard pressed. I'm harder pressed to find more people like that in my life mm. than people that I have to pretend to be interested in sports around at parties. <laughs> and I don't know what the F they're talking Welcome about. Welcome to high school all over again. <laughs> yeah. All throughout your life. <laughs> no. <laughs> but you become more like you in the sense that I say, I don't want to go and be around those people. Yeah. I want to find the one nerd or the one artist in the room sure. and, and grip onto them like our planes going down. Yeah. Okay. So the struggle between the artist and the business is the art, the art says, write and sing beautiful music. And mm. the business says, show them, show them your form or, you know right. I mean? Yeah, exactly. You know, and I think there's a fundamental problem, which is that performance and art have been mushed into one thing and they're not the same they mm-hmm. ha- you can have artistry within performance and performing takes talent but it's not the same thing as art so when you're yeah. trying to present art and then being pushed into this performance like space it's just awkward it's weird you have to fight it and in my way of fighting it is not by being more masculine it's just by not playing I'm just being in fact you know I'm trying to actually be more who I am up there yeah you know and that's my goal but it's certainly not towards anything that anyone's telling me to do yeah because no I don't think so and and you feel like um doing it that way has has let the journey be as much as you want it to be Hmm. as opposed to taking any you know I don't know I mean there's been there's been moments where industry opportunity has come my way and I've always even though I've I've tried to play that game or put that that hat on I find that if I'm doing it in a way that isn't true to what I'm doing or if they're like you know could you write something a little happier uh my work isn't very good because I'm like you know, I don't yeah. see, I don't even understand what you're asking for. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know if it's, if it's hurt me or helped me or whatever. All I know is that when I play the game that I, that doesn't feel right to me, I'd rather be doing something else. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Oh, well, I mean, I mean, that's wonderful to hear. Yeah. Of course, there seems to be like the largest percentage of our species uh, latching onto the idea of becoming successful and doing everything that you can do to become successful except being an artist or being real right um you're on in my opinion from what i've been gathering um i'm just i'm just saying it i'm not exactly right but like i find you to be like on the far end of uh, uh, the room of artists that i want to be in with there are some people that might you know they want some truth in it or they but they still want to play the game Mm -hmm. and become as successful as they can Mm -hmm. while not uh Fucking words, <laughs> uh, integrity, while not yeah. losing or giving up their integrity. Sure. 
Right. <laughs> and there's always a pocket of people that want to hear what you're giving. It might not be the pocket that, you know, gets you the record deal or it might not be the people who, you know, a lot of industry types too, they want someone else to vouch for you and then you're like the hottest thing in the room. So it's also just a matter of like security for them. It's not necessarily whether the work is good or not. But I think if you can find a community that you touch and speak to, as long as, you know, your basic needs are being met and your artistic needs are being met, then everything else is just gravy. But if you yeah. do things wrong or you or you sort of substitute or, or, or trade in some of that integrity to get ahead, you're just going to find yourself in a world you don't actually find interesting. And yeah. then that's that's a slippery slope for at least for some people, I think. So I don't think it's worth it, you know? Yeah. And and I'm certainly a member of, of the, the VHD audience. I don't know. Do you have an acronym? OVDH. VDH? Yeah, I guess so. If I, I guess you could acronize me. Well, the, me. I was. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad you dig it. You know, that's good. Yeah. Well, I've been I've been shaken to try to to form questions that make sense and and just have a conversation. So, let me ask you what your what's your zen? My zen? Yeah. Like, what do you mean? Like my my uh, happy place? What's your happy place? And or what things do you like to do that put you in a relaxed state? Um, I, well, let's see. I love, I love England and Scotland. I, this new album, even though there's a lot of America ties cause I lived there for so long. Um, I love the landscape. That landscape to me washes me clean of all things. It's so great. Um, I, I go there as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do I love doing? I'm, I'm really getting into novels and books and I'm loving uh, the craft and the discipline it takes to write one. I think it's like, a, it's like, you know, I write a song, it's maybe five minutes and that's considered like way too long for radio, you know? Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm really in awe of these people. I'm reading, I'm just reading voraciously. Um, I do a lot of yoga and meditation and and like not like meditation like you know try and clear your mind i actually do this kind of weirdo uh future self meditation so i i um i try and like cleanse myself down to the absolute essentials which is how i prepare when i'm trying to like write something or get into a good space but i do this for myself as well and i'm like what what do i see in five years what do i see in 10 years and i just let the image flashed to me and then I just go after that and so I guess in this weird time where you know no one can buy a house and things are really expensive and the political you know landscape is tumultuous and you know people are the loneliest and the most connected they've ever been in their lives and you know all this kind of stuff I'm just trying so hard to um, expound upon the work itself into a personal place where I'm following truth and working hard and I'm really working hard on discipline and doing things in the right order make me feel calm you know what I mean? Right. Whereas I think when I started this and, and even earlier when I was like in my very early 20s, I just did things that felt good and it was all out of order. And I'm starting to realize how much discipline creates happiness in a way that I, yeah. that was lost on me before. So it's kind of my, my zen these days. I dig that. Yeah. I guess from very distant experiences, I know from things as simple as exercising and eating after a long period of not your body and your mind just work differently. Mm-hmm. And that, it, that's a beautiful thing too. Do you find, um, do you find that that has major swings on your oh, yeah. creative direction? What exercising and eating well and creating? <laughs> <laughs> I thought those are just good things. I mean, eat your vitamins and say your prayers and all those things. No, uh, cr- creatively, have, have you found that changes ha- have kept you uh, creatively fruitful? 
Um, yeah, I would say so. I'd say creating creating um, a strong sort of creating a strong body and through doing that, creating a strong mind mm-hmm. um, allows you to be brave enough to take on the things you need to experience to create truth. Yeah. Because if you're not, I mean, it's not like I sit down and this song comes to me. It's like I'm living things and I'm making choices and I'm feeling impacts of things and I'm thinking about it on the scale outside of myself. And then I'm trying to bring it down to this sort of like universal potion and put that into a song. And that's kind of my my process, you know. Right. So if I'm if I'm too weak or tired or stagnant or distracted or circuitous to actually experience things in the right way and make these decisions for myself and actually reflect upon things properly. If you're just an action and you're not reflecting, you're creatively fucked, you know. <laughs> I mean, sorry, beep, but it's it's over. You have to be able to both act and reflect and move. And if yeah. you stop moving, I mean, everything's moving, you know, God, quote unquote, whatever that is, that's movement. It's all movement. So yeah. if you stop moving, you're not going to create anything worth anything, in my opinion. So it's a huge thing. And it all comes for me. It has to start from the body and then the mind. And, yeah. then, and then you rise up to things. Yeah. We've gone over in several ways how you create. And, and I, I love like listening to you say all of them so, so that I can... I just want to steal all your ideas. No. Go for it. Uh, no, it's not stealing. I mean, that's the whole point of art, right? It's a yeah. transference. Like, I want to give it to you. You know, I want Laura Marling to give it to me. I want Leonard Cohen to give it to me. I want to then give it to you. I want you to then give it to somebody else. That's what humanity needs to like stay yeah. on track. We need this stuff. It's not hoarding, right? Yeah. If it is, you're 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 done. You're in your basement for 20 years, you know, not putting out anything. Yeah. Yeah. And and I get so much out of, out of this and having people come over and and let, let's try to uh, connect on these very specific talking about art and as well as philosophy and life mm. uh, kind of conversations. And it's sort of, you know, I told you how how much time I spend at a factory. This is this is the only thing that's real to me. Mm-hmm. Um, having someone over for an hour or two on the weekend sort of allows me to feel uh as a person and as someone who is just wired to make things and is not happy not being able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a half-formed thought. Mm-hmm. Let's throw that. <laughs> Rules are out of the window. Oh, we're, we're off-roading now, people. If you're not here, he just threw his notes behind his head. <laughs> <laughs> and, okay, I remember, I remember how I was going to travel to this. Okay. So we've gone over a lot of the the things that ignite your creativity and and how you how you write yeah and where it comes from. But are there any times? Uh, I'll I'll use myself as an example here. Mm. Uh, there are times when I'll be in the process of I've I've made a rock pop album. It was a collection of my songs up until that point. Wait, been plug in, it, plug it. What's it called? Oh, it's called Todd's second record. It's horrible. <laughs> The production is amazing. <laughs> the guy who wrote it was very uh, immature and hacky. Understood. Go and on. And felt sorry for himself a lot. Um, but I found myself listening to uh, some jazz records in the year that that album took to make. And I found myself listening to some pop, like uh, kind of like Michael Jackson type stuff. And, um, you know, 11 years ago, that, that might have been when I was sort of uh, falling in love with 
say thriller and early JT stuff enough to 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 feel like I feel myself wanting to put out something that people can enjoy the the way that I enjoy this. Mm-hmm. But I was making a rock album. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you find yourself uh, somewhere on the back burner? Um, with you know uh, hypothetical future tense feeling like I could imagine myself putting out something is there anything genrealistically well I'm actually writing a novel right now which is beyond music because I'm just like I don't have it this idea that I have this next idea I'm like in fact I I don't even want to plug this too much because it's still in process and it might fail miserably but the idea that I have is too big for an um, an album. Yeah. So I'm trying to write this novel. That's very humbling because it's a completely different thing. Yeah. But through that, I'm actually exploring the characters by writing songs about them. And nice. if it can be cohesive, I'm kind of thinking about this sort of novel album double feature where, you know, the, the album is the characters from the novel in their own sort of cycles of thought and relationships yeah. to each other. And maybe it's not exactly like a parallel side by side, read and listen thing. Almost a standalone, but still kind of, related. and maybe it, maybe people don't even have to know that they're related, but that's kind of what's going on right now. And yeah. uh, it's kind of fun. Nice. Yeah. So it's <laughs> for, for some of you listening, it's not like the spice world album <laughs> and the spice world movie. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, God forbid. So is, I don't know. Is there anything, um, uh, what's your favorite uh, food? <laughs> hmm. I don't know. I've been eating a lot of carbs lately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They can be good. Yeah, they're great. No, no. I don't know. Favorite food, man. Uh, I uh, I've just become an, uh, a pescatarian, so I'm learning all about uh, different kinds of ways to cook fish. Nice. Yes. So it's very exciting. Vegetables. I never thought I'd say this. I I finally got around to uh, to liking rice, and I already liked quinoa. Yeah. But I, I, quinoa, quinoa, <laughs> uh, I never, I never really liked those things. I, th- I thought that the meat and vegetables on their own were just fine. And until I discovered just the joy of sauce, whether it's a curry or coconut or Thai thing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I can't get enough soy sauce on things. Sure. Like th- that salty, uh, sweet, flavorful combination of rice and the things is so good. It's a whole world you're, never you're learning about. It's exciting. <laughs> Good. I'm glad that soy sauce opened yeah. that door for you to rice. Open <laughs> stage brought to you by soy sauce. <laughs> yes. Yes. They're paying for all of this. So <laughs> Yeah. It's amazing how soy sauce, never thought, uh, a lot of sodium in the soy sauce Indeed. I like. Well, yeah. Food is something I never thought I'd bring up no. in, a, in a podcast. No. But um, <laughs> as far as I know, you still have ViennaDematoHall.com. Uh, you know, that's actually down now. Um, oh my God. I'm sorry. Crash and burn. I'm sorry. In fact, I'm, I'm thinking about, yeah, well it's down now because I'm in between. I wanted to revamp it. It was pretty old. It was pretty, it was like four years old. So it's down right now. Um, there will be either com. I think somebody bought it. Like it went down for a minute and then like, I like lost access to it. So somebody's like waiting for me to like pay like an extreme amount of money for me to get it back. I'm not going to do that. So there'll be another website. Um, and it will be announced. Okay. So let's go back to formula on this. Uh, yeah. Well, your music, 
if someone were to search Vienna Bad Hall on Spotify, which I've done, yeah, they can find Red Light Temple. There you Temple. go. So Red Light Temple, I've just released that on Spotify. I hadn't done that for a while because um, I was touring it and it was not working. It wouldn't be, it was not lucrative for me to have it on Spotify. But for now it's two years old. I want people to be able to listen to it. Right. So um, that's out. It's what the dog saw will also be released on Spotify. Um, both things are on iTunes and on Bandcamp as well for purchase. And, uh, and then, yeah, so for Long Stay Hotel, we're doing a double release kind of fun little thing so the first release will be these three songs i'm going to play in a minute um it's like a trilogy it's kind of like sweet um and it's called the long stay hotel suite and then from that was born the album and expounded upon right so the album is a full length whatever i think 11 tracks and it's going to come out february 17th of next year Mm. um and those things uh so so i think i think i will be releasing uh that stuff online on some website right <laughs> to be announced <laughs> yeah it will be um on the internet on the internet yeah, yeah you know i'm the only vienna de model hall so it's not it's not a stretch we've got the yeah. facebook up and the instagram and the whole thing so it's well, easy see, to find i'm coming from saying like where can people find you online because that's a service to to people who are listening to us uh, chat and they just want Absolutely. Yeah. So Facebook is a great way to connect and you can connect with me personally on there on the messaging Uh, Instagram. I'm on there and then supporting on Spotify is cool. But always, you know, if you like the music, buy the music so we can make more music for you to for you to have, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's the way I try and make it. But we always always try and make things um, accessible um, for for free so that people can get to know something before they invest in it. You know what I mean? Which is also a nice a nice thing with Spotify once in a while. So. Especially when someone truly, genuinely wants to engage. Absolutely, yeah. So, and then, uh, yeah, and and then whenever I have like a show, it'll always be posted on those mediums. So, yeah, it's easy to to find out more. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. My my summation of you is uh, inter- interesting, in 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 the in in only the complimentary way because, I, again, I I just feel like uh, we resonate when you talk about how you look at art and creating stuff i don't have enough conversations like that a lot are almost i don't want to insult every other guest I yeah have. yeah everyone's gonna like come with pitchforks like what is this yeah <laughs> hello my name is vienna damato hall i am going to sing three songs um these three songs are within my album long stay hotel and the suite itself of these three songs they are called the long stay hotel um but these three songs are going to be released first before the album a couple months before. So here's a little preview. Uh, the first song is called Proud. Uh, it will go into the second song, which is um, the title track, Longstay Hotel. And the last song is called Surrender. <laughs> Going down And I 
comes a voiceless pain. Oh, my lover, oh, my friend, you are hurting. I can see surrender's what you need. Once again, I have another interview and performance set from Vienna. This was recorded for the iTod Lounge in 2016. This is, what's the date today again? And you're watching a new episode um, that we're doing on Father's Day, actually. And <laughs> we're both terrible children. Yes. <laughs> this is happening the day after the Summer Lights Festival, which happened 
last night, divisions where you could go and you could see someone painting a barrel, and then you can go down the street and see Vienna de Mattel Hall playing, yes. who I'm sitting with Hello. right here. So thank you for having me on your, uh, your porch, your, oh, your back porch. man, it's a pleasure to have you on my porch. Is it a night? Have you been enjoying how hot and humid it's been this weekend? Yeah, you know. Well, I don't tan, so I try and like enjoy it from under like an umbrella, like a like right. a. So you don't burst umbrella. into flame when you walk outside. I always burst into flame. <laughs> it's not so good for me, but like I appreciate that Canada can do this. Right. <laughs> One thing that we were just talking about is you being not only of of Kitchener, you because you're you're from here, but you're. You also have have lived in in our part, and call, you call New York home, yeah. and you also hope to branch out elsewhere too. Like. I do. I think that because from a young age I felt displaced here, um, there's something in me that feels both homeless everywhere and at home everywhere yeah. in a really cool way, which is not as horrible. So as you're it like sounds. a carny. I'm a carnival rat in, emotionally, which is only to say that um, when I, every time I travel ev- anywhere, really, I feel basically at home. Like I, I feel like a, a grounding right. in my body, but um, I never feel quite like I'm a part of anything, which right. is really interesting for a writer because a writer has to be an outsider. You have to be able to observe and to bounce things off and not be too comfortable in, in what's going on so you can see the, the cracks and the flaws and the beauty and, and then you relate these ideas that people are living and that's why they connect to it, I think, because they're like, oh, I, I've always known this, but I've never thought of it and that's yeah. why it means something to them. So I feel like that more than the actual location um, has helped my work. Mm-hmm. When I saw you last night, um, you were performing on a on, on a blue truck. Oh, it was a pickup truck. It was no. It was no average car. It was a serious, yeah. famous truck. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, buddy? She's gonna love this for the performance. Oh, but you needed the road to be open, and there there were there were bicyclists going by, and carnies, and and Al Al Roker was walking by. It was fucking madness, is yeah. what I will say. the The road was open. I thought that my fans were gonna get run over. I was mm-hmm. like, wrong note, hit a wrong note, because I thought someone was gonna get their their foot rolled off by a car. I was, yeah, I was shocking. It was intense. <laughs> <laughs> what draws you to what you write about? Well, um, I'm, I'm actually no good at fiction, really. So I write about my life, and I write about the people in my life. I try and blanket it with poetry so that nobody feels exposed. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's also funny because, like, sometimes I'll... Like, I wrote this song, Blood Moon, and I was like... I went out... I don't know why I do this, but I, like, went out to write a love song. I was like, I'm just doing... Let me try and write a love song. And, like, literally the song in one part is like, I couldn't stop for you. I'm, like, shouting. It's, like... It's literally the antithesis of a love song. And one time I was like, oh, I think I'll write a pop song. Let me try and something commercial. And I wrote this song called Godless Man, which has a spoken word interlude, which is the least commercial thing. It's cool. I like it. But it's, like, not going to be on the radio ever. And so I also find that... um, Although I can take things I'm trying to do and I can try and challenge myself with new tunings or I'm going to take this experience I had because I really need to write about it, I will find that at the end of it I'll listen back to what I've done and it'll take on a new and actually much more potent meaning than I ever intended. So I also feel like it's a, it's an act of the subconscious as, as much as anything mm-hmm. spewing out. <laughs> 
Yeah. Would you would you see yourself working with a, a collaborative producer if you wanted to try something you haven't done before but didn't know how? Because of my new, he's I'm very my I'm very embryonic in the music industry, right. so I have only been doing this a little while. My first album, it's what the dog saw. Um, I basically wrote all the songs, and then I went to my producer in New York, Andre, and I was like, "All right, you know, um, do what you do with yeah. this." I don't know what to do. I can barely, I yeah. can barely put my say in on this. However, after he did a few things, and sort of was teaching me along the way, yeah. I was like, I don't really like this. I don't really know why I don't like this, but I want it to be this thing. And I would sort. Of, luckily, he knew me for five years, so he knew my crazy linguistic like banter yeah. of. So I could say I want it to feel like the, this green petal, and yeah. I need it to feel like water against skin when it's go when it's so cold it's hot and he yeah. understood how to make that into something musical thank god um with the second album that i've just recorded a couple of weeks ago i feel a little more in control and he allowed that and actually encouraged it so um i was actually doing some of not all but some of the production work i i chose a couple of the synths that we used i you know i even i we didn't use it but i tracked a bit of bass just to like check it out um we hired a drummer but um but a lot of what is really cool in the album, in a in a sort of instrumental sense, is all him, and I and I always let him do what he wants to do. I want him to have an artistic muscle. I, of course, am kind of like a Obama. Like I say, nope, we're done. That's not happening. And then then it's done, you know. But yeah. he's great, so I don't have to do that very often. And if that's ever the case, it's merely a matter of my vision versus him not quite understanding. Not anything about the art um, itself. Before I ask my last question, let me just tell you, I think I think you're a fantastic performer, and but also as, as a guest to be interviewed, uh, you've been great so far. And so, let me put you on the spot now. Why do you feel like you're on this earth to do music? Well, I feel like more than in any other way, the way that I am able to write songs is the way that I'm at my highest ability to actually communicate what I'm thinking or feeling. Yeah. Sometimes I'm chatting to people and I re- I'm like I'm saying something and my brain's like no that's not what you're that's not even what you mean at all. So in that way I feel like it's it's the my best way to communicate mm-hmm. which we're all trying to do in some way. And more specifically to to the to the listener um, I think it's for me my way of giving people a conduit in which to feel not alone though they might never have met me they might never meet me but they might hear the music and they might feel like oh there's someone somewhere on this earth that has gone through this that has felt this that has put it in a way that I always knew I felt but I actually have never thought of it in that particular way and that makes me feel so empowered and confident that like I'm not alone I'm not isolated yeah. Everyone is the same. We're all in it. Um, there's there's hope. A lot of the songs have a lot of hope. I can feel pissed off about this. I can feel uh, broken about this. But I, I feel like I'm with one person that has written this for me so that I can keep going. And, yeah. man, that's the goal. That's yeah. what... And I feel like I'm able... I've been able to do that on very small and selective um Examples people have told me that that's happened, and when I, yeah. when people tell me that, when I know I've been able to do that, then I'm like, well, it's fine. This is why I'm doing it. This is good. Well, for for every individual watcher of this video, which will probably add up in like a week to a million. Uh-oh, we're going viral. <laughs> Maybe I should have brushed my yeah. hair for going viral. Uh-oh. 
my cloud's not that great. <laughs> um, hopefully you en enjoyed the interview, and we'll equally enjoy some live performances by Vienna. So yes, thank thanks thank for being here. thank you for listening, thanks for watching. Hello, my name is Vienna Tomato Hall. Thanks for joining me on my porch. Uh, this song is called Southern Cross.
next one is called Blood Moon. listening to another episode of the Todd Donald Show, starring, produced, and edited by Todd Donald. The piano music in the rap is by J.P. Sunga, who you can find at jpsunga.com. The theme music is Mackie Alkino by William Chernoff. Find him at chernoff.band. And I'm Milo Axelrod, Todd's favorite bar none human voice. And I'm not bragging, he wrote this. If you'd like to hear more of my voice, check out my podcast, Describing a Rock, in which I describe some rocks. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Please support The Todd Donald Show by sharing it with anyone who might enjoy it. Follow and interact with at Todd Donald Show on Twitter and Instagram.
And if you feel like going the extra mile on iTunes, please subscribe, rate, and review, preferably in its favor. Have a great day, friends. Thank you.